the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Each individual person must take personal responsibility for their actions. And each individual will be held personally responsible for their individual actions. We live in a time and we live in a culture that likes to remove personal responsibility from people and blame others for personal actions and behaviors. That is not a biblical view. Do you remember when you were a kid and you stole a cookie from the cookie jar? Of course. When the adult came to discover who was at fault, you pointed at everyone else except yourself. Now, though, this seems silly. This isn't far from how a lot of people respond to consequences. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to be talking about taking personal responsibility. In a world where so many people blame others for their own actions, it's important that we remember that our actions have consequences. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. In Exodus 20, God comes down to a mountain. He gives his law to his people. In the Sermon on the Mount, God comes down to a mountain and he gives his law and his interpretation of the law to his people. Now look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Again, the point of this is to show you that the law is both external and internal. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. That's one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. And when Jesus says here, you have heard that it was said, he is correcting the teaching of the religious leaders here. The religious leaders taught that it's external. If you keep the law externally, you've you've obeyed the command. But Jesus is correcting that now, and he says here, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, that's an important clause there, shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, have you ever said to your brother, Raka? (laughs) Maybe rock on, right? The phrase Raka, it means uh, something like, You idiot. Did you ever say that to your brother? You idiot. That's what Jesus is talking about. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, or you idiot, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. That's pretty serious, isn't it? 
And, and Jesus is, is showing us here that both outward and inward integrity is required. Not just outwardly. You know, it's not just committing the act of murder, but inwardly. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, it says, listen to this, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In the Bible, and according to Jesus in the New Testament, hating your brother is the same as murder. And you're breaking the commandment, thou shall not murder. Now you ask the average person on the street, have you ever murdered anyone? They're likely to say, no, of course not. Never. What are you, crazy? I've never murdered anyone. But if you ask them, have you ever hated someone? Well, then you'll get an earful. You bet I have. Let me tell you about this guy. And they have a few minutes and they'll launch into their story. But the law applies to the internal, not just the external. And so, yes, maybe I've never physically murdered someone, but I may have anger in my heart towards someone without cause, or I may have hatred in my heart. And Jesus says, you're you're guilty of murder. If you have it in your heart, look down at verse 27. You have heard that it was said to those of old. Again, he's correcting the teaching of the day that it's all external, as long as you're not doing it outwardly. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, Jesus says the law applies to the inward. The law applies to the inward desires, the inward thoughts, the inward feelings. And the inward desire is the same as the outward action. And again, you ask somebody, have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever cheated on your wife or your husband? No, absolutely not. But have you ever had lust in your heart for someone that wasn't your wife? Well, that's the same as adultery. Your, your, your feelings, your, your thoughts, your inward desires are judged. And we see here with these two examples that Jesus gave that the commandment is not limited to just the specific sin mentioned in the commandment, but it includes all the sins that can lead up to that sin. Lust can lead to adultery. Anger can lead to murder. Hatred can lead to murder and so on. And so each commandment in the Ten Commandments is really a a category of sins that include all the sins that can lead up to that sin that is mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Again, lust in your heart can lead you to adultery. Anger can lead you to murder. And so each commandment in the Ten Commandments really represents the most extreme example of that category of sin. Right. The, the, the most extreme example of hatred would be murder. The most destructive form of sexual sin would be adultery. Right. So the Ten Commandments are like like the worst example in that category, but they're not limited to that. Now, turn with me over to Matthew, chapter 15, Matthew, chapter 15. Look at what Jesus says here. 
Verse 19, Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, Jesus says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Do you see the Ten Commandments in that list? I mean, each one of those is one of the Ten Commandments. And, and where do these sins come from? Jesus said they come from the heart. They begin in the heart. The law, the commandments apply to the heart. Not just our external behavior, not just what we do on the outside, but what is going on in our heart, what is going on in our thought life. What about the things that we're feeling and our desires inwardly? Listen to this verse in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. It says there that we were, listen, we were once alienated from God and enemies of God, listen, in our mind, by our wicked works. The wicked works we committed in our thought life alienated us from God. Again, you ask the average person on the street, would you consider yourself an enemy of God? No. Have you ever done any wicked things? No. Have you ever had any wicked thoughts? Yes. And what do people usually say when you start going down? Well, everybody's done that. Exactly. We're all guilty before God, the Bible says. Romans chapter 2, verse 16 says, God will judge, listen, God will judge the secrets of men. The secrets, your thoughts, your desires. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing. Not just the external things that everybody can see, but the secret things that no one can see, our thoughts, our desires, our heart. And so it's possible for a person to appear to obey God's commandments outwardly while not obeying inwardly. Jesus said, listen to this, Jesus said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So outwardly, they honored God, but inwardly, their hearts were far from God. Right? And we, we can do the same thing. We can come into church, we can sing, we can lift our hands, and our heart can be a thousand miles away. And we're just kind of going through the external motions. But what we see is that the law of God, the commandments of God, apply to both the external and the internal. Now turn with me back to Exodus chapter 20, and look again at verse 1. And it says in verse 1, And God spoke all these words. So God spoke all these words. Again, he says all these things in the hearing of the entire nation. And these are God's words to his redeemed people. Notice what he says. He says in verse 2, I am the Lord your God. That's how he starts. By establishing who he is. And his relationship to them. I am the Lord. Notice the word Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. He says, I am Jehovah and I am your God. It's personal. And he says, I am your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt 
out of the house of bondage. Jehovah is Israel's God, and he is the one who delivered them out of Egypt. He is establishing here the reason why they should obey his commandments. The reason they should obey the Lord's commandments is because he delivered them out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. No other God delivered them out of the house of bondage. No other God redeemed them. No other God set them free. Why would they trust any other so-called God? Only Jehovah, only Yahweh delivered them. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So out of gratitude for what God has done for them, they should obey His voice and keep His commandments, and so too with us. We obey the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ because he redeemed us. Because he died for us. And he redeemed us from sin and death. We love him because he first loved us and he died on the cross to set us free. No other God has died in our place for us. No other God came down from heaven to rescue us. No other God can take away our sins No other God can provide us with forgiveness. No other God can provide us with with new life. The Bible says we were bought for a price with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if it weren't for Jesus Christ, we'd all still be dead in our trespasses and sins and lost and in the world and without hope. And, And so we're compelled by his love for us. Because he is the one who delivered us. He's the one who saved us. He's the one who rescued us. And now our obedience is an expression of our love and our gratitude for him. We're not saved by keeping his commandments. We're just showing our gratitude. We're just expressing our love because of what he has done for us. Jesus said, if you love me, You will keep my commandments. Obedience is how we show our love for Jesus Christ. And and notice here, please note, what God brought them out of. He brought them out of the house of bondage. That's how God describes it. That's how God describes their old life back in Egypt. It was the house of bondage. It was the house of slavery. Now the Israelites will romanticize their old life back in Egypt as slaves. They will complain and say, we remember the flesh pots. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. And they forget the brutality 
of their slavery and the whip of the taskmasters on their back. They forget crying out to God to deliver them. And so God calls it a house of bondage. He doesn't sugarcoat it. It's a house of bondage because that's what it really was. Don't romanticize your old life before Christ or before you became a Christian. Don't deceive yourself into thinking you were so much happier before you were a Christian. When you were in the world, you were in the house of bondage. You were in bondage to your sin. I was in bondage to my sin before Jesus Christ saved me. In Romans chapter 6, Paul says, when you were a slave to sin, what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Paul says, what fruit did your life have back then? What did your life of sin produce? And all those things that you did of which you are now ashamed, Paul says. It was the house of bondage for us. And it was nothing better than that. Just bondage. Now, as we go into the Ten Commandments here, each commandment is spoken by God in the singular. Now, what does that mean? God, God you know, all of Israel's there at the base of Mount Sinai. God is, is speaking to all of Israel. You know, at one time, they're all hearing his voice, but he is speaking to each Israelite individually, the way he says it. He is addressing each person individually. So when he speaks and gives these commandments, he's not speaking to the whole congregation collectively. He's not saying like, all of you all have no other gods before me. All y'all, right, if you're from the South. But he phrases it, so that he is speaking to each individual in the congregation of Israel. Now, why do I point that out? I point that out because each individual person is responsible for keeping the commandments. Each individual person must take personal responsibility for their actions. And each individual will be held personally responsible for their individual actions. We live in a time... And we live in a culture that likes to remove personal responsibility from people and blame others for personal actions and behaviors. That is not a biblical view. That is not a biblical view. The biblical view is each person is responsible for their own actions. You are responsible for your actions and no one else is. I am responsible for my actions, and no one else is. And the idea here is if each individual in the congregation governs their own behavior and keeps the commandments, then that will produce a healthy nation. But it's up to each individual. Now, that brings us to commandment number one, and you're thinking it's about time. Let's get there. So, so commandment number one, verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, this is, the, this is the first commandment, and this is the first commandment because it is foundational for all the other commandments. You have to start with this. God must be your God. God must be your God. 
And so if you're here tonight and you're an atheist or you're an agnostic, we're glad you're here. But you are breaking the first commandment. If you're here tonight and you believe in some other God other than the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, if you believe in Allah or one of the Hindu gods, again, we're glad you're here, but you're breaking the first commandment. Because the God of the Bible must be your God to keep this commandment. Now, when it says you shall have no other gods before me, it's not saying that you can have other gods as long as they do not come before the Lord God. You know, as long as you keep the Lord God in the number one position in your life, you can have as many gods as you want. And, you know, two on down kind of thing. Commandment is not saying other gods in your life are right as long as you prioritize this God. The phrase before me, if you're taking notes, you shall have no other gods before me. It, it literally means in my presence, in my presence or, or in my sight. And so Jehovah God says to his people, I am your God. I delivered you out of the house of bondage and I do not want you to have any other gods in your life. I do not want you to have any other gods in my presence. I am to be your one and only God in your life. You should have no other gods in your life. You know, the Bible describes our relationship with Jesus Christ as a marriage where Jesus is the groom and the church is his bride. And I think a marriage serves as a a great analogy for this first commandment because, you know, God is entering into a covenant here with his people similar to like a marriage covenant. So, so suppose you have a husband and a wife that are married and the wife decides one day to bring home a second husband to live with her and her first husband. And this wife now has two husbands and she tells her first husband, hey, I, I love you, but I also have this other man who is very special to me and I've invited him to come live with us in the spare bedroom. And I'll split my time and my attention between both of you. And sometimes I'll spend time with you. And sometimes I'll spend time with him. And I'm sure the three of us will get along just fine and live happily together. No, they won't. At least not for long. I'm a married man and I do not want my wife to have another husband in my presence. And I've never asked her, but I'm sure my wife doesn't want me to have another wife in her presence. I don't want to have another wife in my wife's presence. Because I don't want to have to dispose of my new wife's body after my original wife kills my new wife. And now I've got to dig some shallow grave in the backyard. That's a lot of work. But here with this first commandment, listen, God says, I'm your God. I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who delivered you. No other God has done that for you. No other God has done for you what I've done for you, and so I I don't want you to have any other gods in your life. I don't want you giving your attention to any other gods. I don't want you trusting in any other gods. I don't want you putting your hope in any other gods. I don't want you giving your love or your devotion or your worship or your sacrifices to any other gods. I don't want you looking to any other gods for comfort or peace. I want you looking to me. 
And if we are going to enter into this covenant and enter into this relationship, I don't want you looking outside of our relationship for what you should find in me. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thank you for making Ring of Truth a part of your day today. Tuning out the world and tuning into Scripture gives life a whole new meaning. While the Word of God may feel like a whole bunch of do's and don'ts, it also offers love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness that only Jesus can give. Pastor Dan Sexton has been teaching through a series that ultimately sets parameters and safeguards for those who choose to follow Jesus. Did we pique your curiosity? We hope so. If you'd like to hear more from Pastor Dan Sexton, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. There are loads more messages for you to listen to. Find out more about Ring of Truth and the church behind it while you're there. The About tab at the top of the page will fill you in. If you enjoy connecting through social media, then don't forget about our podcast. It can be found on iTunes as well. In addition, you can find us on Facebook. Are you a part of a church? If not, we invite you to join ours. Sunday service times can be found at calvaryec.com. We'd love to meet you and worship Jesus together. Our live stream is available for those of you not close enough to attend in person. We believe that time spent in God's Word is time well spent. There are numerous other ways to get involved with what's happening here at Ring of Truth, such as, well, why don't you just see for yourself under the Serve tab at calvaryec.com. We're out of time for today, but thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice. And it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.